We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. It's Saturday, January 5th, 2019 on your Pack-A-Day podcast, 24-7, 365-day-a-year Packers podcast. I'm Jake Turner of PackersTalk.com, and joining me is my partner in crime, my very good friend, 32 years in the business, Mark Eckel of BobMcGinnFootball.com. Mark, how you doing? I'm good, Jake. How are you? I'm doing great. I uh, had a terrific new year with the family. Felt like the college football should have been better, but there's been something that's been far more ridiculous than the college football playoff, and that is, of course, the myth, the legend, yes, the head coaching vacancy of the Green Bay Packers. And from our commander-in-chief himself from the Pack-A-Day podcast, Andy Herman, decided to uh, give us a head coaching candidate, and you'll be hearing that throughout the a week, that is, for the Pack-A-Day podcast, is going from head coaching candidate to candidate, and we're also going to be throwing in some of our own candidates. But we have been given the task of Chuck Pagano, and it is 53-43 uh, and 43 in his record, 3-3 three and three in the playoffs. He had a 3-11-5 record with the Indianapolis Colts, but finished off, unfortunately, with a 4-12 and 12 record and found himself fired. He started off his career in 2001 as a secondaries coach for the Cleveland Browns and also created one of the best defenses in Baltimore Ravens history. But Mark, 
Would the Packers actually go for Chuck Pagano? I don't think they're. Oh, that's, all right, let me let's let me say some things about Chuck Pagano. <laughs> great guy, though. No, great guy. A wonderful human being. Um, yes. Players love him. Media love him. Everyone's. I mean, I've never heard anybody say a bad word about about Chuck Pagano. No. And his record isn't bad. Like you said, fifty-three forty-three is pretty good record overall. Made the playoffs. Um, you know, battled. Um, his best. I, <laughs> I guess his best record, I guess, did, did he get credit for the wins when he was out battling cancer? Yeah, they gave him credit, credit, but it was more to Bruce Arians. I mean, well, I know, know, but I'm saying, that, but do, do those wins count in that 53-43? Yes, it did. Yeah. Yes, saying, it did. So his best year came when he really wasn't even coached, Bruce Arians, was, which, which helped get Bruce Arians a head coaching job. Um, I don't think Chuck Pagano was going to be the next head coach of the Green Bay Packers. I uh of the 10 candidates that have, um, Green Bay has expressed interest in, mm-hmm. and there's really only nine because Pat Fitzgerald is not coming out. He's staying at Northwestern. Nope. Um, I would rank Pagano's chances. I would put him like seventh, eighth, ninth on that list. Seventh so or I eighth, okay. I don't think he's going to be. I don't think. I don't think if they hired him, I would say hmm, interesting choice. Um, I just don't see it happening. I, I, and I, I wouldn't kill that for hiring him. Like I said, he, he's a very well-liked guy um, and a very, um, like around the league, people are a lot of well-respected, I, I should say. Um, just I don't think that's the way the league's going. I don't, I don't think you want to be trained. I think, you, I, I think you'd be better off with a um, younger, newer, more innovative type coach for the Green Bay And Packers. also, Mark, it's also, the key is, is that who is Aaron Rodgers going to work best with because of the contract that he has signed? I mean, he does have a little more control. And that is pretty much what the Packers offense, that's what sets it up to go. And you also need an offensive mind that can also get this running game started up. I like no, Chuck Pagano. No, well, with, go ahead. Well, no, with, with that said, I think, I don't think Aaron. I think Aaron would like Chuck Pagano because I think everybody likes Chuck Pagano. So why would Aaron? I mean, um, he's very likable, very well respected guy. So if that's your main, um, if your main thing is having a guy that gets along with Aaron Rodgers and Chuck Pagano fits that, what he would have to do, if uh, all right, let's since since we have to talk about Chuck Pagano, let's let's talk about let's say what if they right, let let's pretend he is the guy. The most important thing, in my mind, would be who Chuck Pagano hires as his offensive coordinator. Do you agree? Yeah, of course. Because Chuck's a defensive-minded coach, you know, and like you said, his defense did well in Baltimore. Um, he would have, yeah, that, and then, you know, like I said, if it's just a matter of getting along with Aaron Rodgers, well, yeah, that's gonna that that won't be a problem. I think Aaron will like. Chuck Pagano, and I think Chuck Pagano will like Aaron Rodgers, and the whole, but liking each other and succeeding together doesn't always go hand in hand. You know what I'm saying? No, it doesn't. And I mean, so I, I understand. His coordinator would have to be someone that could get the most out of Aaron Rodgers and get Aaron Rodgers back to being a, a most valuable player candidate. Well, the fact is, is that I mean, Chuck Pagano is a very likable, respectable guy. He has always had a great record. And his defense, when he was with the Ravens, it was third in points allowed and yards allowed. 
he was able to make the rushing yards allowed second. Pass defense 21st to fourth after Greg Madison was shown the door. And he did a great job for them in 2011 with the Ravens, which was which is why I believe, Mark, if he ever does become part of the Green Bay Packers, and I like Mike Pettin, but you got to look at him as a defensive defensive coordinator. Yeah, if he if he wants to do that again, exactly. I mean, he did. He, he was not wanna... the first one they interviewed, and then it was Jim Caldwell, and then of course they got you know Josh McDaniels coming up, and they want to look at Pete Carmichael Jr., offensive coordinator. This is the only defensive coach that they are interviewing, except for Brian Flores. That's two defensive coaches. Out of the 10 right now that the Packers are looking at. Fitzgerald would be defensive, wouldn't he? If they were to interview him. They're not going... No, they're not going to do that. Not after that big win over Utah. No way. No way. He's going to try and create some kind of legacy in Northwestern. Yeah, I I was laughing at that one. But they did ask... The Packers did have him on their list. They did. They did. But, I I mean, also at the same time, you don't want to go into the college ranks. I mean, that, that's not what's going to really help you. I mean, Lincoln Riley already signed his extension. There isn't really a college coach out there outside of Pat Fitzgerald that could really fit the Green Bay Packers. It, it's Get not horrible. possible. You have to stick with the pros, and you have to stick with somebody that will work with him as a coach and as an offensive coordinator. And that's why you got guys like Caldwell and Pete Carmichael Jr. coming in and, of course, Josh McDaniels who is the Packers fan base's favorite guy right now? I don't, I mean, I, you keep saying Carmichael. I like Cam, I like Campbell better than Carmichael, to be honest. Dan Campbell. From New Orleans. Yeah, Dan Campbell, assistant head coach yeah. and tight ends coach. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the guy has younger. done a great uh, job. It would be ironic if, if, if he did get the job because he's the one that took, when, when Joe Philbin was fired in Miami, Campbell took over as he, on an interim basis in Miami for him. So. And he was left with nothing, Mark. I mean, yeah, that, yeah. that team was not you're, very you're good at right, all. And right, Dan right, Campbell was still able to get four wins out of them. I'm saying it's ironic that he would take over for Joe Philbin again. Okay. That's, that was my point. I'm not, I didn't bring up what he did in Miami. I don't care what he did in Miami. I'm saying it's, it would be ironic that he would once again follow Joe Philbin. Who also has no chance of getting the job. <laughs> oh, man. Now, that's that 31 to nothing pounding by the hapless Lions. Yeah, that didn't really make me feel a fuzzy inside. Oh, man. I, I mean, think about this, too, Mark. When you saw Deshaun Kaiser walk in, did you turn the channel? No, because I was working. I had, to, I had to watch a game. Oh. I'll send you something, you know, in, in exchange for watching Deshaun Kaiser. <laughs> All right. All right. This it wasn't is the... much better with Aaron Rodgers. I didn't, I didn't see no. Rodgers taking up and down the field. Well, he was and hurt. Kaiser, Rodgers had three three and outs. That team just looked like they were done. Didn't they... care. They quit. Yeah, they and, looked and like they the just had that enough. That team, team can, can do. And that, and that reflects on Philbin. That's why Philbin has no shot at getting a job. Going into that game, I thought, you know what? Not that I ever thought he was going to get the job, but if they would have played well that night, um, you know, if they won thirty-one nothing. Now Philbin's three and one. You know, the only loss to the Bears. Hmm, he's got to be in the mix. He's got to be in the conversation. I would have still said no. I, I didn't. Was, I didn't believe in him. In the conversation. No, I would not put him in the conversation. I wouldn't even want to give well, him the keys to the locker room again. If he went three and one, thirty-one nothing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the team. It doesn't matter if you go three and one. You played teams like the Falcons and the Jets and the Lions. I mean, that, that doesn't really make me go. Oh yeah, that's a great move. 
The oh, 49ers did that with Mike Singletary. Remember that? I don't want that nonsense. If you're going to – yeah, but the thing is, Mark, with you know being a head coach, it's a far different story. With Chuck Pagano, though, I'm going to read you a couple of stats here because third in points allowed and yards allowed, second in rush yards allowed, pass defense went from 21st to 4th. That was when he was with the 2011 Ravens. That's how he got the job with the Colts. And I believe if you're going to make this change with head coach – you might as well just make it and make Chuck Pagano the the defensive coordinator. Well, that's a good point. And bec- and here's the thing, and maybe that's why they don't. We don't, I mean, just because the Packers interviewed someone, it doesn't mean, you know, they, they I'm, during the interview, I'm sure, you know, you get to ask whatever you want. And right, right. Maybe, maybe in the back of their minds is the potential of, if they do hire a young head coach who's offensive-minded and, but you know everybody knows the list. They, they you know, they, there's a lot of young offensive coordinator types that they're, that they're going to talk to as well. Josh McDaniels being the one in the forefront. But maybe you, maybe that's maybe that's the combination that you're looking for. But I don't, I don't know if Pagano at this stage of his career would come back as a coordinator. And plus, here's the thing too: Do you like Pagano that much better than Mike Patton? It's tough to say because I think Petten did an actually an admirable job with what he had, which was pretty much a bag of peanuts and a couple of good football players in the making on that defense. But at the same time, like I said, there are coaches out there that will bring in their own guy. Not everybody's going to have that Chicago Bears moment when you know they fire John Fox, they bring in Matt Nagy, but they were smart enough to keep Vic Fangio. Sometimes they, coaches yeah. might want to just bring in their own defensive coordinator. And, and you have to let the guy do that, I think, if he wants to. Yes, because you did that with Mike McCarthy last year. You let him bring in Mike Pettin. You let him fire Alex Van Pelt. You let him bring it back in Joe Philbin and Frank Zignetti as the quarterback's coach. You have to let the coach bring in their own staff. That's how you're going to become successful or you're going to go down in flames. Well, I mean, either way, you don't I mean, the coach... I think if you hire a new head coach, you can suggest okay. to him. And I've seen it done both ways. I mean, um, well, when Mike McCarthy was hired, mm-hmm. when he was hired, he kept uh, Jim, I think it was Jim Bates. Bates was uh, as the defensive oh, coordinator Jim Bates. for a year. He kept him. And then he fired him and brought in Dom Capers. Yep. But, so, I mean, again, if... <laughs> If they keep Mike Pettin, okay, and I would be, I would not be against that at all. I, I think I think no. I think Mike Pettin's a good coordinator, um, but I think that's some of the questions that are being asked as they interview candidates. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're interviewing, my first question, if I'm doing the interview, okay, my first question to an offensive-minded head coach, whether it's Josh McDaniels or um, uh, uh, Campbell or Carmichael or LaFleur, La, La whoever it is. Yeah. My first question to them is, who's going to be your defense coordinator? Do, 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 would you want to keep Coach Patton aboard? Or do you mm-hmm. have somebody else in mind? And I, then I, I listen to their answer. When I interviewed Chuck Pagano, he's a defensive head, you know, minded head, head coach. My first question to him is, who, would, who are you going to hire to be your offensive coordinator? You know, I mean, that's the most important thing. And and are you going to give that guy autonomy over his side of the ball? 
Yeah, I mean, because we, Mike McCarthy did that. Yeah, Mike because Holmberg we know that. the story of of the offensive coordinators. He did bring in when he was in Indianapolis, and they were a true and utter disaster. Unless their name was Bruce Arians. Except for one, Mark. Except for one. And he's out there on the head coaching block, too. And that's why I believe that Chuck Pagano could be a good defensive coordinator if the Green Bay Packers brought in Bruce Arians. Well, Bruce Arians, that's not even a possibility. Why is that? He said he doesn't want to go to Green Bay. What if he's just telling the media that? Excuse me? What if he's just telling the media that? Why is he interested in a phone call with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all of a sudden? Because he wants to, maybe he doesn't like cold weather. I don't know. I just know what the man said. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he liked that. Maybe he liked being in warm Arizona. He didn't want to go to cold Green Bay. I, I, don't, I can't speak. No, I don't want Bruce Allen. I don't want a retread. I don't really want a retread. A retread. Like okay. Well, why? Okay. So why would you say that Bruce Arians is a retread, though? I mean, the guy has a good resume. Because his resume is okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't want Bruce Arians. I don't, how, how old is Bruce Arians? He's in his sixties. I don't want that. I just matches me. I don't want a sixty-year-old head coach. I want a forty-something-year-old head coach. So you want a guy like McDaniel's? I didn't say that. Aha. Okay. All right. Let's jump. I'll be honest. None of the names thrill me. Okay. So let's again, go. I'm not. I'm not in the interview process. I, you know, somebody could thrill me if I heard what they had to say during the interview. So, Mark, what would be the dark... So, Mark, then, okay. Then what about the dark horse candidate? I mean, that's what it sounds like you're yep. looking at here. You're you're looking at what they did with Mike McCarthy back in yeah, 2005. So, who's missing in this? Well, it could be a Mike Munchak. Munchak. Could be... A, um, could be I, I'm, I'm starting to like this Campbell guy. I don't know why I'm starting to like him a little bit. Well, I think so. Well, Mark, I think you should be liking him because, like you said, he's a dark horse. A lot of people looked at this and went, who? Not many people know about Dan Campbell and what he was capable of, what he did in Miami with what he has. He'll have a a slightly better team in Green Bay if he gives him that chance. And also, honestly, Mark, I've met the guy. I've met Dan Campbell back in my serving days. I talked to him for about an hour and a half, him and former Packers offensive guard uh, Marco Rivera. I had a conversation with them for an hour and a half, and I could not believe this football mind that Dan Campbell had. It was in his last year with the Dallas Cowboys. And I just like where Campbell's come from. Yeah. I mean, the guy's aggressive. He He's very poignant, though. And he has great professionalism. And he loves the game. And it also helps that he has a good mind with players. He doesn't yep. coddle them like Marvin Lewis did in Cincinnati. He actually treats them like everybody else. Everybody is treated equal. I saw that in Miami, and I saw the way that he was having a conversation um, on that day with me. I just think, you know, he's coming from... He had to have learned something from Sean Payton, right? I mean... With a, you know, a, well, I mean, there's got to be a reason, Mark, like that, that he went so from... And I'll pick up some, some, I mean, every head coach I've ever been around has always credited the guy, whether mm-hmm. it's Doug Peterson saying what he learned from Andy Reid, whether it's, whether it's Andy yeah. Reid saying what he learned from Mike Holmgren, whether it's Mike Holmgren saying what he learned from Bill Walsh. I mean, you, there's always every, every, again, every head, like I've been around a lot of head coaches and they've all had a mentor mm-hmm. who they, who they could not copy, but emulate, you know, uh, like I said, Holmgren, Walsh, 
Reed Holmgren, Peterson Reed. Um, and you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at guys that I dealt with personally. Um, there's, you know, so I would think a Campbell would be a Peyton. You know, he would take what he learned there. Plus, he runs other guys. And I don't know. I mean, you, you asked me for a dark horse. I, I think he's, again, none of these guys jump off the jump off the page at me. But he's Neither the one I kinda, I'm kind of looking at saying, hmm, I wouldn't mind him, I don't think. Well, keep this also in mind that, you know, when Mike Holmgren was hired by the Packers, people were like, wait, who? And they oh, found no, out it was no, off. No, the... I disagree with that. Oh, okay. No, they won. He was the guy where everybody, he was, he was, that's when the Niners were going to the Super Bowls. He was in demand. Oh, okay. Demand. Mike okay. McCarthy was a who. McCarthy Mike was a who. Was a okay. Who. Okay. I just wanted to be clear Mike on Holmgren that. Was, no, Mike Holmgren was highly regarded. And that was a, that was a, I was very happy. That, that's the only time where I, that's the guy I wanted and they hired him. And I was pretty happy about that. Um, Mike McCarthy, again, I had the same feelings then that I do now. Like there was a bunch of guys being interviewed. Um, McCarthy being one, Sean Payton was on that list. But at that time, Sean Payton was a guy, who knew, I don't know. Brad Childress was on the list. Yeah. Yep. Robert was on the list. Too. So I guess personally, I would have liked to seen Roddy get it, but I kind of thought they, I didn't think they would go defense. I thought they would go offense. That's interesting. You, know, you talk about the Packers hiring uh, an offensive minded guy. They, <laughs> after Phil Bankston, back in whenever, after he took over for Lombardi, Phil I don't think, Bankston, I think the yeah. only defensive minded head coach the Packers have had was one year of Ray Rhodes. Was he though? Because he played, didn't he play tackle? Who? Bankston. When, how no, did he... Was, no, he was he was the defensive coordinator. He was he was Vince Lombardi's defensive coordinator. When Lombardi re- retired, they they promoted Bankston to be the head coach, and he was he was he was defense. Oh, okay. He he ran L- L- Lombardi's defense. Um, I mean, in such a way, I mean Lombardi ran everything, but he was the defensive coordinator. But since him, it's been uh, Bart Starr, Forrest Gregg, Lindy Infante, right, Mike Holmgren. You know, then one one year array, and then Mike Sherman, Mike McCarthy. <laughs> it's been offense, offense, offense. So, Maybe it's time to bring a defensive guy in. Now that I said that, who knows? So then, so you talk about so we talk about dark horses here, and and I mean I agree with you that you know I I feel like all these coaching candidates have not really bounced off the page. But I think that might be a good thing for them. Sure. And you talk about Dan Campbell for a moment. And I, I really like that one because that was one of the ones that we didn't even hear about when we had the production meeting. And that's something good when it comes to this whole head coaching search, because it's kind of amazing that Dan Campbell in his first year as tight ends coach, a year later, the guy becomes an assistant head coach to Sean Payton, and now look at this team. When Campbell, Payton, and Carmichael, and Joe Lombardi are working together, this team is pretty much unstoppable right now. And you take a member of that coaching staff and bring them up to Green Bay and try and create that success, it's possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you're giving a, you know, Drew, Drew Brees has a little bit to do with the success, too. But, well, yes, of um, course. But I'm saying a good coaching yeah, staff and a good saying, chemistry no, no, with the quarterback. Right. I want to hire a good organization. I know, I mean, that's why McDaniels is getting a lot of talk, because he's mm. coming from the Patriots. And who's been more successful than the Patriots over the last 16 years? Nobody, right? right. I mean, 
Um, but however, with that said, none of Belichick's assistants have ever done well anywhere else, including McDaniel's in, in Denver. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is, but maybe it just tells you how great Belichick is that it's all him because none of his assistants have ever gone anywhere and succeeded. That's Same true. with Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson with in with in Dallas. Great head coach, a lot of success. His assistants, North Turner, Dave Wanstat, Dave Campo, none of them have gone on to do anything. As well, Wanstat was marginally successful. I mean, he Who was. was. He was. He just Who? he he even said on an interview about a couple of days ago that he was stubborn enough to think that he didn't need a quarterback to win in the NFL, and it hurt him. He always had a very I, I, good defense. Jake, I, I missed who you mentioned. Who, who was it? Dave Lundstedt. Well, he was terrible. You think he was terrible? I thought he was he okay. What did he win? Well, he, he didn't win. He just got them to well, the that, playoffs a couple of God, times. This isn't, this isn't building character. Winning <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we got on this topic. Great guy. Lundstedt was a nice guy. And, yeah. and all those guys, all those Jimmy Johnson guys, all those Belichick guys were very good assistants. Mm-hmm. But it's a different. Some guys are just meant to be good assistants. Well, let's just know? well let's just hope that this Brian Flores thing because I I looked at that and went, really? Do I want the guy that has one of the worst defenses in the NFL as my coordinator as my coach? Probably well, not. Mike McCarthy's offense in San Francisco wasn't very good when the Packers are. Yeah, but he also, in 1989, gave Brett Favre's best season, statistically. So that also what? helped, in a way. What did he do? <laughs> he didn't do much. He didn't do no, much. No, no, there was saying, something that Ted Thompson you, saw in you, him. There was something it's not that about Ted... numbers. You put, it's not about numbers and stats. It's so about what is it about then, Mark? The and talk to him. That's why they have these interviews. I mean, some people... I've, I've known... I've heard stories where... A guy wasn't, you know, was low on the list, mm-hmm. but he came in, and they just said, "Wow, we got to hire this guy." Andy Reid kind of did that to the Eagles. He wasn't <laughs> their number one choice. <laughs> That's true. He was not there. I mean, he was on the list, and they they were intrigued by him. But when they brought him in, and he had that that three stair that three uh, ring binder with you know detailing how he would run every practice from the start of training camp to the end of the season, they were like, "Man, this guy's prepared." And he just blew him away, and they picked him over. Um, I believe the other candidates. If I'm, I'm going back to 1999, I, I believe the, the other candidates. I know one was um, Jim Hazlitt, mm-hmm. uh, who was a good defensive coordinator. Um, another one was um, Chris Palmer, who wound up taking the Cleveland Browns job that that year. Oh, jeez. Um, and I forget who I forget who else was on the list. But there, there were the three that. that but Andy Reid was not. He was a candidate. He was a. He was not. No one. No. No. no member of the media, which I was a part of then. Uh, nobody. No one. We all mentioned him as a candidate. No one said he's the leading candidate until word got out that man he came in and just blew him away. So mm-hmm. maybe a Dan Campbell comes in and, and blows Mark Murphy away. You know. I mean, we don't we'll know. Find out until the interviews. And, and, and let me tell you this: I've heard stories where the guys were the leading candidate. Mm-hmm. Someone was and came in and just flopped in the interview. Didn't answer any. Didn't give the right answers. Didn't couldn't tell who his coordinators were were, were going to be, or didn't give good. Didn't give you know the coordinators that he wanted to hire. The team didn't really think highly of. Um, so that happens too. You a guy comes in with it's his job to lose, and 
he loses it because he, he doesn't interview well. All right. So at the end of this uh, Pack-A-Day podcast, which you can find on Buzzsprout, you can find us on iTunes, or you can tweet us at, at Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can find Mark Eckel at Mark Eckel 8 correct? Correct. Okay, got it. And then, of course, uh, at Jake Turner Sport. So uh, finally, before we head off here, Mark, and, and it was a great debate per usual, uh, what is the percentage of Chuck Pagano becoming the Packers head coach? From what, 1 to 10? No, give me a percentage. 1 oh, to 100. 100? Yep. 10%. 10%. All right, I'm going to go lower, and I'm going to go uh, 5%, because okay. I just don't believe he's going to have just enough to uh, get this job. I think it's going to go to somebody... I, I still believe that it's going to go to somebody that we didn't even hear about, and I really do hope it's a dark horse candidate. That's how I look at it. Because when I look at McDaniels, I go, I don't know about this guy. I, I really don't. So I won't be upset if they hire McDaniels. No, and, no, but I and be, but, but I won't, I won't be, be upset either. But I'll be indifferent about it. I, exactly. I'll, I'll be a wait and see. Okay, okay. Right. If, if they think he's, I'll trust them, but I'll, but I'll. Wait and see. All right, Mark. Let me ask you this before we go. We're going to do this again in two weeks, correct? Yes, we are. When we do it again in two weeks, will we still be talking about who they might hire, or will we will we or will we be will we be saying they've they've hired Mister So and So? It depends on how the playoffs go down. If if the New Orleans Saints are out of the playoffs in the next two they weeks, they won't be <laughs> exactly. Then we're going to have to wait. And that's why I keep telling Packer fans, you got to wait until at least after the Super Bowl or after the championship game, because that is when the right time to hire a coach is is going to happen because these guys are getting ready for these big time games. The Saints are a Super Bowl contender right now. And you can also say the same about the Patriots because they are the New England Patriots. But Mark, as always, this was a lot of fun. We always debate. We're still going to be talking about who they might hire. Yes, I think so. I think we're still going to be stuck in that uh, patience. We're going to be stuck in the, we're going to be stuck at the clinic, waiting for our name to be called, and that's how it's going to feel right now, waiting for our head coach. All right, we'll see. All right, Mark. All right, take care. Enjoy the rest of your new year. All right, Mark Eckel, BobGinFootball.com. Always great stuff per usual. And uh, like I said, both of us we get passionate. We have a lot of fun here on Pack a Day. But as you heard him. Dan Campbell is a good prospect. I think that would be a great dark horse candidate. I'm not sold on Brian Flores. I would like Pete Carmichael Jr. I think that would be good. But also, rest assured here too, Packer fans, not everybody, as Mark said, is Mike Holmgren. They're not the one that you, you have to have immediately. This is a very interesting time in Green Bay to find out what's going to happen. They're coming off a horrible season where you have your Hall of Fame quarterback to be has only six wins on the season. That's just not going to cut it. So we'll find out what happens. But until that, enjoy the rest of your new year. Have patience. We'll find out what happens in these head coaching candidates. Ash McDaniels is going to be interviewed soon. They want to interview Pete Carmichael Jr., offensive coordinator for the New Orleans Saints, and Dan Campbell, assistant head coach and tight ends head coach for the New Orleans Saints. Well, tight ends coach, as you mean. But anyway, so that's it for Pack-A-Day, your 24-7th year, 65-day year Pack-A-Day podcast. What a way to open up 2019. I mean, yeah, Packers season is done, but we're, we're just getting started in Packers talk. 
So for next time, for Mark Echo, I'm Jake Turner. You can find him at MarkEcho08. You can find me at Jake Turner Sport. The three greatest words in the dictionary of the Green Bay Packers is Go Pack Go. And we'll see you next time on Pack-A-Day. Third down and eight. Packers are three of eight on third down conversions. Now gets the snap. Tight pocket. Lost it down the left side. Adams leaping. Grab. Oh, what a catch. Whoa. Right over Principal Kamara. Out of bounds. 20-yard line of Chicago. That was an incredible leaping grab over the defender. Long count by A-Rod. Takes. Handoff. Williams around the right end. Makes the turn to the wow. five. End zone. Touchdown. Oh, they got great seal blocks off the right side. And outside the numbers. Jamal Williams on a 10-yard touchdown run. And the Packers are right back in it. Rodgers shotgun. Slot right, slot left for the two-point conversion. Snap to Rodgers. Has some time. Rolls it over the middle. Devontae Adams has it. Two-point conversion. And we are tied at 14 apiece. Third and one, snap to Cohen, makes the handoff, fumbles it, it's up for grabs, and I believe Green Bay's got it. it. More arrogance by Matt Nagy. A trick play. Oh, all the tricks in the world, and they're foiling the Bears now. Dean Lowry makes the fumble recovery. Second down, a little bit less than six yards to go, and they spot it. Just beyond the 44-yard line of Green Bay. Snap Rogers looking left. Throws it to Adams on the slant. He's got it inside the 40. Breaks a tackle down to the 35. And has tumbled down through the hash marks on the right side at the 33-yard line of Chicago. Fourth down and six at the Green Bay 45. Rogers long down the line. Takes the snap. Back pedals. Steps up Floyd, eludes Floyd on the pass rush, throws the middle, he's got Devontae cutting right inside the 35, down near the 31-yard line of Chicago, brought down to the 30-yard line, number by Adrian Amos, the safety. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.